welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. This week, we are both celebrating the women who raised us and congratulating those who are graduating from educational institutions in the neighborhood and around the metro. Kansas City University student Paola Candia is graduating from medical school this weekend, and she's had a long road to get here. She's joining me this week to discuss diversity in medicine and the importance of community in higher education. This episode is made possible by our local sponsors, Shemekas Deli, Merck Co-op, and Seaberg Mufflers. Thanks for listening. Um, and so you're looking forward to graduating from Kansas City University's uh, medical school. How does it feel to finally be here? It's very exciting. Almost surreal because I worked so hard to get here and constantly battling with imposter syndrome. Um, so yeah, just very exciting and I just can't wait to cross that stage. Now, for you, it has been a long path to get here for any medical student, really, because it's so much school. I can't imagine the amount of dedication it's taken for you to come this far. You know, you're right at the doorstep of your career. When did you decide to pursue medicine? You know, when was that first, that light went off in your head? You're like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I was like six or seven years of age. So, okay. My mom immigrated here <laughs> from Nicaragua with my brother um, and with her husband and my biological father. Um, so long story short, things didn't work out between them. He wasn't a great parent or husband. Um, so she separated from him and moved from Dodge City, Kansas to Emporia, Kansas. So she took her three kids that she had at the time by herself in a country that she, you know, was new to. She had no family in, she didn't know the language, but she left and she went to Emporia. So growing up, I saw her working really hard as a single parent. I saw her um, just coming home with aches and pains, headaches. And she would ask me, hey, can you massage my head or play with my hair or give me a massage on my shoulders? And, you know, I'd do it. And then when I would do that, she would just tell me that she was so relieved, like that her pain was gone. And so as a little kid, I was like, you know, I want to help people like my mom. And it, it was also very frustrating, honestly, to see her in so much pain and working so hard. But um, so I thought the best way that I could take care of people like my mom is to become a physician. So that's where it started. So you said your mom worked really hard. What kind of jobs did she work when you were growing up? So very laborious jobs. Um, she was in um, factories where you're doing a lot of repetitive motions. Um, she worked at a tire factory where, you know, like it's usually males that, you know, throw these tires around, but she was doing that. So, yeah. Sure. And I mean, growing up in uh, towns like Dodge City and Emporia, you saw a lot of people that looked like you, right? There's a large immigrant community in both of those towns. But you haven't seen that same, you know, those same demographics when you were studying medicine, right? Yeah, so very different. And honestly, it was different in Emporia State University. So, yeah, like you said that a lot of immigrant immigrants in Emporia, Kansas, but the university itself or, you know, any higher education like that, you don't see that. You don't see the community there. And so, you know, it's very it's very um, upsetting to me. Um, and then, yes, again, when I was at the master's program with KCU, um, I didn't see anyone like me. And then, except for one girl. <laughs> and then um, at the medical school, again, like, you know, not really many people. And so, yeah, it's, it's been very upsetting. <laughs> so at Emporia, um, you know, 
did you kind of get the feeling that the town and the university were kind of separate? There was kind of this divide? Yes, and that's why it was so upsetting, you know? And also, like, for me, I want to feel comfortable, you know? I don't feel like I belong. It's been kind of a struggle feeling like you belong. You know, when you're doing certain, when you're taking certain classes and you don't see people like you, say, yeah. What does it feel like walking into a classroom and not seeing anybody who looks like you, not being able to identify with anybody, you know, at face value? So I get very uncomfortable and I also um, experience, I guess, imposter syndrome with that, where it's like, should I even be here? Why am I even here? You know, I don't belong here, obviously. And so it's just constant, I guess, comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did find ways though in college to kind of rally that group around you, find people who had a similar culture, a similar history to you, um, and starting the first Latina sorority at Emporia. Do you want to talk a little bit more about how you decided to do that? Yeah. So, you know, with being so upset, you know, about the fact that the community is not in Emporia State University, um, I found a group of girls that were interested in the same thing as I was, where, you know, they were also upset. They also wanted the community to become part of the Emporia State University community. Um, so we worked really hard. Um, we just kind of like, I remember doing lots of volunteer work with them, um, getting the word out. And have you seen that thrive? I mean, you were there for what, yeah. four years, right? And then seeing it beyond that how does that feel to watch it grow it's like pretty cool um i love seeing more hispanics <laughs> um just seeing more diversity being celebrated at the university I, I mean i guess before it was but now even more so because of that and now it truly feels like emporia state university is a part of emporia so, you know, you decided at such a young age that you wanted to go into medicine. Did you ever have any role models in medicine in particular, <laughs> you know, whether women who stood out or Hispanic people who kind of set an example for you? So honestly, I, um, and this was probably late in my education, but I found this one physician, Dr. Paul Farmer, who's an infectious disease physician. Um, he is, he's white, but he, his whole mission in medicine is just something that I strive to do. I want to leave a legacy that he left, like similar to what he left. So he is basically trying to treat all the underserved and trying to advocate for, you know, healthcare as a basic human right. So um, I've read like a lot of his books. <laughs> so he's he's someone that I've looked up, up to, so. Sure, and especially, you know, going to medical school in an area like Northeast, you see that every day, you know, we have so many nonprofits around here who try and provide medicine to everyone, but there's still those barriers, whether that's language or fear or, you know, culture, or even just access the hours that they're open and things like that. You know, is that something you're going to focus on moving forward? Yes. So I, I'm looking forward to trying to become a part of a community. Um, so the residency program that I happened to get matched into, which was my favorite program, um, is very big into community outreach, community service. Um, so they work you know, with the community to provide the care that they need. They give them these free health fairs or health screenings. So that's something that I want to do where I understand the needs of the community so then I can advocate for their needs. So that's, yeah, that's something I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, I read the um, 
the blog that Kansas City University wrote about you a couple years ago. And it said in there that you had advisors in your undergraduate that tried to discourage you from going into medicine. How, you know, how did that feel? <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great feeling. I mean, you know, because I was already d struggling with imposter syndrome. You know, I was already like thinking, well, I'm not the best of the best. And then to have people that are trying to advise me and tell me, look, you shouldn't go into medicine because you're not, you're obviously not good enough statistically. It, it affect, it affected me negatively, but also I take my mom's word above everyone else's <laughs> and she told me just, you know, don't listen to them. So do you kind of, did you ever get the feeling that you wanted to prove them wrong with yeah. whatever motivation? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you get a little bit angry, which kind of pushes you to just prove them wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> be a good motivator yeah. sometimes. Um, and you said your mom believed in you. She encouraged you to keep pursuing medicine. How proud of you is she now? I hope she's so proud of me, <laughs> but you know, honestly, I constantly, I feel like I'm not done making her proud. There's still more to do. <laughs> is your mom at a point where she's been able to retire? Not yet, which frustrates me so much because again, you know, like I explained earlier, she's worked so hard her whole life and has gone through a lot. I, I believe she deserves to be retired right now, but she can't because that's not the, she's not at her retirement age yet. And I think there's probably a lot of people in that same situation, whether they're in Emporia, Kansas or Northeast Kansas yeah. City, you know, that are spending that time to provide for their children and try and give them a better future. Yeah. How do you feel, um, you know, her being here as an immigrant and now you're going to be a doctor. Do you think that's what she had in mind when she decided to move her family here? So she wanted us to become the best version of ourselves that we could be. And, you know, she, she had dreams when she was little where, you know, she wanted to, I think to be an accountant or something, but she couldn't live out those dreams. So I don't think she was looking for us to be, you know, the top professions here, but rather just to live out our dreams. Yeah. That's great. And you have siblings, right? Yeah. You said she so, immigrated here with your brother yes. and then you also have more siblings? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I have one older brother and I have two younger sisters. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> and are they around the Kansas City area? So um, my brother is. He's in Lawrence. And okay. my two sisters are in um, Emporia, Kansas. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit more about, you know, the process and the program? So you went to undergraduate at Emporia. And then you went to Kansas City University for your graduate degree? Yeah, so for my master's and now for my doctorate. Okay, yeah. explain a little bit about that process and how, you know, the curriculum looks, how, what, how broad of a range is it? Or do you go into a very specific area of study? Okay, so starting with undergraduate, you can honestly do anything you want, even if you want to do medicine. As long as you take um, certain core courses for medical school so med the medical school um i think aamc they'll have like requirements of classes you have to take in order to apply to their institution so you can do any degree you want i just happened to do biology because i didn't know that was possible so i hated biology yeah. i wish i had done psychology or even i don't know philosophy or something like that i would have enjoyed that but yeah you can do anything you want as long as you take those four classes and then with my master's program, so that was just a bunch of basic sciences again. So you have your anatomy, you have 
cell biology, microbiology, I think, and amongst other kind of courses. It just depends on the master's program that you're doing. And then with KCU, its curriculum, so you have, again, it's like having basic sciences over again. So you're kind of doing the same basic sciences <laughs> each time, but it just, they shorten the length of time that you're going to finish everything. So med school is like the shortest time possible. Um, so you do that with KCU for your first year, you're going through all your basic sciences again. And then for your second year, it becomes pathology of those sciences. <laughs> and um, why did you choose Kansas City University? Were you familiar with it before, you know, you started looking for medical schools? Yeah, so I honestly, I've only applied to Kansas City University, so I actually looked out on them. But they had sent me an email, I remember, I was studying abroad in Nicaragua at the time. <laughs> they sent me an email and they were like, hey, you should apply for our master's program. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'll do it just because like, you know, why not? And I don't even know if I'm going to med school yet. So I did that. I happened to get accepted there. And then during the master's program, so with the KCU master's program, you have a guaranteed interview, at least at the time that I was there, there was a guaranteed interview if you made a certain GPA. So I worked really hard to make that GPA. I got that guaranteed interview and then I, I got accepted to KCU. That's great. What made it stand out that it was, you know, I guess you hadn't even decided that you were gonna to go to med school when they offered, you know, so that you should apply. I, I had, like, I was like, I wanna to go to med school, but you know, sometimes things just don't work out. So I remember I was thinking, KU, I wanted to stay in Kansas. Sure. So that's why I guess KCU and KU, but I just never applied to KU because I did this master's program. And then I thought, you know, with, uh, with my MCAT scores, which is this huge exam that you have to take to get into med school, I was like, I, it's not good enough. So I'm not gonna apply anywhere except for KCU after I got that guaranteed interview. Um, so yeah, that's honestly like, that's it. And when I learned more about KCU with like their volunteering with like score one um, for health and the champs coaches and all of that stuff, like they do great work, I feel like for the neighborhood, so. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's online market in Delhi, offering catering and nationwide shipping at shamikasonline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City. Shamika's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974, Armor Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome to the table. The Merck Co-op is a grocery store owned by your neighbors and you if you choose. Unlike corporate chains, Merck Co-op is totally independent and owned by the community members who shop here. Merck Co-op, your community-owned grocery store, and so much more. Stop in today at 501 Minnesota Avenue in Kansas City, Kansas, or see our weekly ad in the Northeast News. And now back to the newscast. Yeah, and at Kansas City University, you've been involved with Student National Medical Association, which, you know, is a group for underrepresented minorities in medicine, and you even served as their chapter president, right? You know, what does that organization add to campus? So I feel like we have increased diversity around campus. I feel like people are starting to think more about diversity on campus. Because um, when I was there for the master's program, I remember not really seeing much diversity. I didn't see much events related to diversity. Um, my first year of school, of med school, I think 
similar, but we are starting to work towards that just because SNMA was starting to become something bigger. Um, so I feel like, yeah, it's starting to, it opened the ears of the people on campus to diversity and the importance of it. So some of the things, um, you know, the organization did was like arranging speakers, hosting cultural events, and even a medical Spanish class, right? Have you seen your non-Hispanic fellow students, you know, struggle with language barriers and cultural barriers in situations where they're interacting with the public or, you know, maybe potential patients? Yeah, I remember that in score one for health because that's where we went. Um, I remember as second years, we went to these schools where a lot of the kids were primarily Spanish speaking. So yeah, they some of them struggled, but I remember also a lot of them did know their Spanish pretty well. <laughs> that's great to hear. And hopefully, you know, those who didn't will have the opportunity yeah. at some point to learn some of those key phrases and basics and yeah. things like that to um, better communicate. Do you hope that you have opportunities in the future to mentor medical students, um, especially Hispanic medical students? Yeah, so I even want to go far back as high school. (laughs) So anyone interested in medicine, I would love to mentor them and, you know, tell them that you don't have to be the best to make it this far. (laughs) You just have to have a lot of determination, right? Yes. Be able to prove people wrong. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so now you're set to graduate from the College of Osteopathic Medicine. What's next for you? So I'm heading to Portland, Oregon. Um, So actually, I got accepted to this program, Providence Health, Hood River, Oregon. So Hood River is about 60 miles east of Portland. My first year will be in Portland, my last two years in Hood River. Um, So that's where where I'll be headed. I'll be um, doing some family medicine there. (laughs) That's great. And is family medicine what you want to go into? Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was my number one. So family medicine for me was very important just because, you know, you add the rural medicine to it, you add preventative medicine, you can do obstetrics with it, you know, and I love women's health. So all of that is in family medicine that I can do. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. And where do you think you'll land eventually? Would you like to be back in, you know, rural Kansas or somewhere else in the country? You know, I see myself, if everything goes well, (laughs) I see myself in Hood River for several years after residency. Um, But I may go to the Northeast just to experience the Northeast. (laughs) It's great. It's beautiful. (laughs) But rural Northeast. (laughs) I lived in a small town in Hudson, New York. Oh, Um, We had 6,000 people. I just moved back from there last June. It was lovely. Oh, really? You know, you have the cat skills right there, and the people are just like Midwest people. Oh, really? Like, there's that oh, hospitality wonderful. that, like, <laughs> can make a friend with anyone, oh. have conversations with strangers. It was just so nice. Um, so, definitely Northeast. Rural Northeast is great. <laughs> <laughs> At least the part I got to see yeah. when I was there briefly. <laughs> So you mentioned that you got to study abroad in Nicaragua. Yeah. How was that? I oh, mean, no. that going back to your mom's home country. Yeah, it was so fun. So prior to that, I think I had visited Nicaragua two times before that. So yeah, it was awesome because I, you know, I thought I'm going to go there. I'm going to experience where my mom lived for, you know, pretty much her whole life until she moved here to the States. I wanted to get to know my family more. I wanted to practice my Spanish but it was, it was awesome. Um, I remember they, 
a taxi driver, he was like, you know, I thought you were a native. Like, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> That's got to be a good feeling, right? It, it was so great. You feel like you fit in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. So I did a lot of traveling after, like, um, my classes, I guess. So I got to see some um, volcanoes. I got to uh, hike up a volcano, which was so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, experience the markets. I love the markets there. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's not an experience a lot of people get to have, yeah. you know, especially children of immigrants. Sometimes mm -hmm. they never get to go back to their family's homeland and see that and meet family and things like that. So that's really cool that you got that opportunity. Yeah. Included in your studies too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so blessed. Oh my goodness. Is your mom going to be able to come to your graduation? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, she's excited for me. Um, currently she thinks I'm like super famous. <laughs> but You will uh, be after my podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah, um, she's so excited and she actually took tomorrow off so we can prepare for our trip here to Casey to stay the night and then experience tomorrow, so. That's great. I feel like, especially after this past year, like you guys, especially, everybody in the medical industry has worked so hard to get us to a point where families can attend graduations again, where, you know, we can have in-person classes, we can meet in person right now, even yeah. though we're outside, you know. Mm -hmm. Just how does it feel to have gone through your last year of medical school amid a pandemic? interesting um so at first it was frustrating because maybe like the last two or three months of my third year of medical school which so third and fourth year you're doing this in the hospital like you're all in the hospital so my last two or three months of medic of the third year um they took us out of the hospital so that was frustrating to me because i was like i'm not learning you know like i cannot learn from these online modules it's not the same thing um so i felt very frustrated going back to the hospitals and feeling like I was already behind and like, you know, people have these standards because they're used to these students, you know, nonstop and rotation. So that's frustrating. But I also, there was a blessing because when I got taken out of the hospital for those two to three months, I got to go back to Emporia and spend it with my family. Oh, so, that's good though. Yeah. Especially before you head off to <laughs> exactly. the West. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, do you think it, that was just an additional barrier for you, you know, yeah. the pandemic and everything. But do you think it um, taught you any important lessons? Um, hygiene, for sure. And um, I guess just the importance of family. I mean, even more so, even though, you know, we all know our families are important, but even more so. And trust in science. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, now, I talked to a couple Kansas City University students who are helping administer vaccines, and I believe they are, you know, just in the beginning stages of their study there. But Kansas City University being able to have that connection to the community, being able to offer that service, you know, is that, do you think that's what medical school should be about is, you know, that connection to the community and more hands-on? Yeah, definitely, because um, those are the people that we will be caring for in the future. Um, whatever community you happen to be in as a physician. So, yeah, I think that that has been great. Yeah, I did partake in a vaccination clinic, so That's it was great. awesome. <laughs> what would you say to encourage young Hispanic women to maybe consider pursuing medicine? Um, that there is no one set path to medicine. 
So even though, you know, you see other students doing the four years of undergrad and then going straight off into med school, that's not for everyone. And it's honestly, that's becoming less common nowadays. People are now taking gap years or doing other sorts of studies or, you know, just taking a vacation because med school is no joke. But yeah, so there's no one set path and there is hope it's possible. You know, obviously like I was able to make it even though I wasn't the best of the best. You know, <laughs> honestly, I was like mediocre. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's possible. Um, do you think, you know, you said it's becoming more common to kind of take those roundabout ways or maybe like alternative paths. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, COVID and everything, everybody kind of having to take a pause, reset, will make those things more common? Yeah, yeah, most likely, because people are now gonna, they are more inclined to think about their well-being first, I feel like. <laughs> I think, you know, for any college student, any student, honestly, sometimes that takes a back burner, is taking care of yourself, making sure you're doing okay. Um, so I think it'd be really great to see more of that in yeah. higher education, yep. is people prioritizing themselves Yep. Um. <laughs> you just have to advocate for it, honestly. Like um, in residency, I know that that's going to be an issue just because residency is notorious for overworking their residents. <laughs> so, but it's becoming more common to advocate for your well-being to say, um, hey, I'm not going to, you know, go in today if I really just, I cannot because it's not good for my mental health. So it's becoming, yeah, more common, more accepted, but we need more people to advocate. And I've seen that, you know, kind of across all industries, um, people, especially now, um, if they are feeling under the weather, they'll not go to work. And I think that's something we used to do is kind of like push through that, but the yeah. pandemic's made us stop and think like, oh, maybe I shouldn't expose these people to whatever I have going on. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'll appreciate moving forward. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add, um, you know, in regards to Kansas City University or what you think your future will look like? Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know if I voiced this already, but I mean, I'm grateful for Kansas City for giving me, like the university, for giving me the opportunity to pursue medicine here, um, for believing in me as a future physician. Um, and I hope that wherever I end up, I leave a legacy of, you know, of diversity, um, addressing the importance of preventative medicine for the underserved population. Paula is graduating today from Kansas City University's medical school, and tomorrow she and her mother are starting their drive to Washington. They plan on stopping at some national parks along the way, and she said her mom is excited to finally visit the Pacific Northwest. Best of luck to them on their journey. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast, and thanks once again to our supporters, Shemeika Steli, Mark Coop, and Seaberg Mufflers. Find all of our episodes, articles, and more at northeastnews.net.